Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is episode number 1084 with New York Times bestselling author Dave Asprey. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Author Napoleon Hill said, there are no limitations to the mind except those that we acknowledge. And Zig Ziglar said, it's not what you've got, it's what you use that makes a difference. My guest today is my friend Dave Asprey, who is the founder and chairman of Bulletproof. And over the last two decades, Dave has worked with world-renowned doctors, researchers, scientists, and global mavericks to uncover the latest, most innovative methods, techniques, and products for enhancing mental and physical performance. And Dave has personally spent nearly $2 million taking control of his own biology, pushing the bounds of human possibilities, all in the name of science and evolution. And he's recently the author of the new book, Fast This Way, Burn Fat, Heal Inflammation, and Eat Like the High-Performing Human You Were Meant to Be. And in this episode, we discuss the techniques to avoid falling into the fasting trap. Also, why fasting differs for men and women and the differences between the two, the history and science of fasting, why the standard American diet is the number one worst diet to have, and why veganism isn't too far behind in Dave's perspective, three things you're allowed to eat during a fast, the top five biohacks for health and happiness, and so much more. If you're enjoying this at all, make sure to share this with someone that you think would be inspired by this. Spread the message of greatness to someone else that you care about today. Use the link lewishouse.com slash 1084, or just copy and paste the link wherever you're listening to this episode right now. And at any moment, make sure to click that subscribe button over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify right now. When you subscribe, when you leave a rating and review, it helps us spread the message of greatness to more people in that ecosystem. So click the subscribe button right now to Apple Podcasts for the School of Greatness to be notified when we bring the latest and greatest minds in the world to you here. Okay, in just a moment, the one and only Dave Asprey. Welcome, everyone, back to the School of Greatness podcast. Very excited about our guest. My man, Dave Asprey, is in the house. What's up, brother? Good to see you, man. Lewis, good to see you. I wish I was there in person. I know. When you can come back down, we'll make it happen. But uh, in the meantime... One of the most fascinating topics of the last few years has been fasting and intermittent fasting, using bulletproof coffee to fast, 24-hour fast with just water, week-long fast, all these different things. There's the apps that are exploding that are helping people learn how to fast better. And this morning, I fasted. I had my bulletproof, which I typically do thanks to your inspiration. And I'm curious, I've tried different things myself. I've done a three-day fast with no food. I do mostly intermittent fasting most days, uh, between 14 to 16-hour fast. I do these things. But I'm curious, from your experience of all the tests that you've been doing, what is the fast that works best for you personally at this stage of your life? And what is the, the type of fast that you think the general population should be considering to improve the quality of their life, to live longer, and all these things that you talk about? 
If there was an easy answer to that, my book would have read like this. Step one, don't eat for a while. Step two, it's good for you. Here's a bunch of studies. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, 10 years after writing my, my first big book and you know, releasing the Bulletproof Diet, people have lost a million pounds using intermittent fasting mm. and Bulletproof Coffee and the other principles in that. And it stood the test of time, but I've learned a lot. And what you find is that there is not an answer for the general population because women are not uh, just smaller men <laughs> with less muscles. And so it varies. It also changes on time of life. And the most important thing, and the thing that motivated me to write fast this way is that it's not the same every day. Mm. So I, I was on a, a big uh, TV show in London that required me to be awake at 2.30 a.m. and fully alert with bright lights on and, you know, being in a studio that next morning was not the time to intermittent fast because I already had enough circadian stress. And so the deal is what's the right fast for you today and to give yourself permission to do it differently. And you know, cause you're a pro athlete or you were you on a day when you're just, you don't have it. And you say, I'm going to go lift heavy anyway. What would happen to you? You might hurt yourself. You might strain something. You might not have the energy to do the, the full thing. Right. And, and then, you know, you might regret it. You might pull a muscle. Who knows? Exactly. And, and fasting is the same kind of a thing where you're saying, okay, you know, what did my aura ring tell me this morning about my readiness score? So, okay, if I'm ready to go and I'm totally full of it, maybe today is one meal a day. And maybe you're going to wake up and say, you know, in most days I just do a 14 or a 16 hour fast because that's what works really well for me. And I usually do a 16 or an 18 hour fast. Uh, today it's uh, around two o'clock. I had my first meal. And before that, I just had some black bulletproof coffee without even the butter and, and MCT because I didn't have time to put it in there because I was busy. <laughs> and like sure. my metabolism can handle that. But when I weighed 300 pounds, if I would have tried that, I would have been hangry and hypoglybitchy and I would not have shown up the way that I expect myself to show up. So, so it, it's that kindness to yourself that says, you know what? Today I'm going to do this. And if it's just not working, it's okay to say I only fasted for 12 hours, which is the minimum fast that really does anything. Most people do 12 hours and don't even know it. So what am, I, am I hearing you say that, you know, just because you say you want to intermittent fast for two weeks or for a month, that you shouldn't push the fasting if you went to bed at 2 a.m. for some reason, if you haven't recovered from your workouts, if you're exhausted and you're moody, that maybe you, sh you should eat breakfast or you should have a smoothie yep. or do something to give you more energy and calories in the morning as opposed to just, well, well I'm supposed to fast because it's going to make me live longer and, and kill off these dead cells or whatever. But it may be more harm if you actually don't listen to your body. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That is exactly right. Fasting is like exercise and you don't want to overdo it. And you don't want to underdo it. And what we fall into as just being humans is what I call the fasting trap. And for that, there was the keto trap. And before that, when I was a raw vegan, it was the vegan trap. And the trap goes like this. And I, I may be more guilty of this than most people when I look back on my life. Hey, this is good. I'll just do more of it. Right. And that isn't the thing. The right amount is good. And many things in life have a, a U-shape response curve or an inverted U. So what that means is if you just do a little bit, nothing happens. You do the right amount, you get tons of, of benefits. And if you do too much, the benefits go back down. And fasting is a stressor on the body, but it's a good stressor unless you already have enough stress. So look, if your girlfriend broke up with you last night, maybe a 24-hour fast a day is just really not the thing to do. But maybe wallowing in a bucket of ice cream isn't the right thing to do either. 
And there's something in the middle there. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, how should I fast every day? I can tell you for women, the recommendations, there's a whole chapter just on the studies for women in the book because there are fewer of them. It turns out the minimum effective dose is three fasts a week, like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you can do 14 or 16 hours, you'll get some benefits. And you get used to that and you say, you know what? Maybe I'm going to do it five days a week. But I tell everyone, even, and this will make some people mad, like have breakfast Saturday or Sunday. Don't have, you know, crazy, ridiculous, you know, IHOP. But if you want to have some gluten-free pancakes, even it's fine. Because if you have a flexible metabolism, you should be able to handle it. And you want your body to know that it is in a land of plenty. You don't eat all the time, but that there's always enough food. And if you push your fasts too much too often, you get an epigenetic, an environmental signal that says, hey, there's kind of a little bit of a famine going on here. And then your body adjusts in a way that isn't good for you. Mm. So it's the idea, time without, time with. But you still have a sense of abundance in your tissues, which is very different than a low-calorie diet, which just makes you feel like crap and want to punch people. That's not good. <laughs> so it's taking it in, in cycles. Let's do, I'm going to yeah. do this for two weeks, four weeks, uh, but it's not going to be years consistently fasting because that may not be as useful to your body long-term. I think it will be years. Most people who practice intermittent fasting and learn how to do it the right way, they have more energy in the morning they intermittent fast than when they have breakfast. Like Saturday morning, I sit down, you know, we have a small organic farm, so we're going to have bacon from our own pigs. It's the best bacon on the planet. I like bacon, but I look at myself and go, man, it's only nine. I really don't want to eat anything right now because I know that I actually have more energy if I don't eat, but I'm going to because I'm doing it for a social thing. You know, this is family time. Right. And I also know that I'm teaching my body, you should be able to handle this. Right. And I do. Uh, but there's times when I look at it, I'm just not hungry, even though this is a time when most people say I'd be ravenous. And it's that freedom from the voice in your head that says, if I don't eat lunch, I'm going to starve. Mm. That's, that's the reason people do this for long term. Yeah. In fact, one of the studies in Fast This Way talks about how the average person spends 15% of their thoughts about what their next meal is. I'm like, maybe we could have that 15% back and do something better with it. Mm. Yeah, it's more about optimizing your life and not obsessing over the, the brain thinking about what am I going to eat or watching media that's saying eat this fast food and you're constantly saying, well, what's next? What's next? As opposed to allowing your brain and your gut to rest for a little bit. The brain and gut rest thing is, is very interesting because in the history of fasting, it's always had spiritual contexts or health contexts. And what they do is they say, well, fast for a couple days. And then on the third day, you stop caring about food, you get a lot of energy, and then you can go into this new open spiritual state. And there's several things happening there that I never would have imagined to be true uh, back when the idea of skipping breakfast was something that was scary. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. The first thing that happens is that when there's food in your stomach, even if it's really good food, that food is going to take energy to digest. So energy that could have gone into thinking or feeling or repairing tissues or whatever, it goes into attacking the steak you just ate. And it breaks it down and you absorb it and then you get more energy later. But the process of doing that is an energy suck. So if you have especially a high sugar, high carb, even oatmeal kind of breakfast, well, all of a sudden all the energy that should have gone into your morning goes into your gut. And that's not where you wanted it to be. And then your blood sugar goes up. Then it, when it goes back down, the muffin calls to you mm. at 10 a.m. And you really want the muffin. And then you start expending willpower on the muffin. Meanwhile, your body is spending extra energy digesting. So you have less energy for willpower. You're probably going to eat the muffin. 
And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that that's biology. But the second thing that happens on these longer fasts is that you go into a state of ketosis after about a couple days of not eating anything. And ketones provide more electrons to the neurons in your brain than even glucose or sugar or carbs do, even though that's what your brain usually eats. So all of a sudden now, you get these people fasting, all the energy that would have gone to digestion is going into repairing their tissues and going into their brain. And the brain got more energy because it's burning a better fuel. And then the body says, well, if there's no food, maybe I should open up my perception and my sensors and I should become more tuned into the world around me so I could find something to eat. Mm-hmm. Now, right. if you say, I'm not going to eat yet, I'm going to use that openness to connect with others. I'm going to use it to connect with myself, to go for a walk in nature. You're actually in a different state. So you get all three of those from a longer fast. But the hack that I now have 10 years of experience with is that when you use MCT oil during a fast, I have very good evidence you stay fasted, but you get the ketones that would have been present after a three-day fast. Mm -hmm. And this is why people will say, okay, I'm going to do the Bulletproof Coffee thing in the morning, which I'm well known for. And there's a couple other things going on there biochemically, but one of the things is that you just got the third day of fasting feeling the morning you fasted. And this is very sustainable. I mean, there are people who have done this for 10 years now and keep doing it because they're never hungry. And just not being hungry is such a relief. I know, I know. when I was a 300 pounder, I you're didn't even hungry. know you could have hunger. You're always hungry though when you're 300 pounds probably, right? In the well, beginning? I was never hungry. I was always craving. I didn't know there was craving. a Craving. Ah. Right? What's and the difference most between people, craving and hunger? There you go. Most people listening probably feel cravings most of the time. And craving is when... If I don't eat soon, a disaster is going to happen. Like I really need to eat and and it's an intense thing. But it turns out hunger is, I should probably eat some time in the next couple hours for to perform better. But if I didn't, I'd be all right. I could go till tomorrow if I need to. So hunger is a gentle feeling. And the intensity of cravings is terrible. And what people find when they learn how to intermittent fast in the right ways is that they've eliminated cravings. And hunger becomes a gentle presence in your life. Like, oh, it's a little bit cold in the room. Maybe I could turn the thermostat up. But if I don't, I'll be all right. Yeah. And that calmness and peace that comes from it, that was what led me to write the book. And what's the biggest mistake you've made in fasting personally in the last 10 years or a mistake you've seen from other people who've tried to do fasting that it didn't work out for them? It's falling into that fasting trap that says if something's good, more is better. Mm, extremism so, of it extremism or even just something that worked for a little while, assuming it's always going to work. Um, I noticed uh, when I started writing about intermittent fasting, it's, it's been a big pillar of the Bulletproof Diet for a long time, I think, before intermittent fasting was really cool. And then people would call me and they'd say, especially women, I, you know, I felt amazing. I've lost weight. I, I can't believe this. Like, who would ever thought butter would make me not hungry? I love my life. But then they call about four weeks, five weeks later and say, you know what? I feel like my sleep quality has gone down. Mm. What's going on here? And then I say, well, did you follow the advice of cycling in and out of keto and having some carbs sometimes and not, you know, not pushing it? Like, well, no, I just felt so good. So I just kept doing that one thing, which was I didn't need any carbs for long periods of time. And then I added this intermittent fasting. Um, and then, so step one is you lose quality of sleep. Same amount of sleep, lower quality. Second thing And men usually hit this about a month after women, 
but men and women both get poor quality of sleep. Women will get, their cycle is less regular than it was before. So they're going, hmm, this is weird. I don't normally have uh, hormonal issues, but I'm feeling it this month more than I do. And for guys, I'm waking up without a kickstand. And the third thing that happens, <laughs> I was watching you process that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you're waking up without a kickstand because you're not having carbs and you're doing an extreme way. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's because you're over fasting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and so the body's like, oh, it's a, it's a stressful environment. I don't really need that biological function very well because right. there's not enough food. It's a famine. Right. right. And your cortisol levels go up. And what happens when cortisol goes up and you keep it elevated because you're not eating often enough is thinning of hair. And it happens in women and men. So like, okay, sleep, hormones, hair in that order is what happens when you overfast. Interesting. And I've gone through times where I definitely went over keto. I went through a three month period where I ate just one meat. serving of broccoli a day. And the rest <laughs> was just like meat and all. And it was all grass fed and very carnivore ish, although I didn't have zero veggies. Um, and I felt amazing at first. But by the end of that, it's exactly the same as over fasting, where my, I'd wake up 12 times a night, but not know that I woke up. And my sleep monitoring thinks that I was. Mm. And then you can even, you know, mess with your gut bacteria if you overdo it. So, the deal is, look, you skip breakfast and you have lunch around noon or two, and sometimes you only have dinner, but you mix it up. And yeah. that's actually how it was in nature. But this idea of a rigid fasting schedule and you're going to like muscle through and push through, like if you're fading, right? And like, I'm just not, I'm not feeling very food, good eat today. Eat some food, was, have, a, have some broccoli, have some vegetables, yeah. have some salad, have some, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's okay. And the other, the flip side is also true. What if you say, I'm going to have a 16 hour fast today and noon comes You're like, I am so feeling good. Like, you know, I'm going to make this a 20 or a 23 hour fast because I have it. You're feeling today. good. You have the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, I feel like as an athlete, you would know this better than most. Sometimes you go to the gym and you do the prescribed thing. Other times, like I'm going to pull, pull another set in because I can. And cause like I, my body's ready. If we approach fasting that way, really good things happen. And I thought it was important. I look at everything I do. And I mean, because we're friends and all, you know, I do cryotherapy and stem cells and all kinds of crazy stuff, right? But there's a return on investment for everything you do. And it's not based on dollars. It's based on energy. You spend energy to do something and you get energy back. Mm -hmm. Well, fasting is like, okay, you walk into the bank and you don't have an account there. And the teller's like, oh, hi, here's some money. You're like, but I didn't do anything. Like, That's right here. Here's some money. And I'll, we'll pay you interest on this later today. And then two years from now, we'll pay you more interest. You're like, but I didn't open an account. I didn't put any energy into this. I was like, yeah, I'll find that. That's all right. Because with fasting, you spent no money and no time and no energy on breakfast. So you got paid right now. Mm -hmm. You got free energy and free money and time back. And then all morning long, you have less hunger and more energy than you did when you had the Pop-Tarts. And then you don't get type two diabetes and you have more energy and you have to buy smaller pants and like all kinds of good things happen, even if you're not perfect with your diet. Yeah. And so this is the one thing that has the highest return on investment because you invest less than you do today. And what do you think is the worst food to eat before you start fasting? Like what's, what's the worst thing you could do where it's kind of doesn't matter that you fasted because you just had this, this, and this, you know, 16 hours say, ago. A bunch of fried stuff, especially like French fries yeah, uh, from a restaurant, especially because they use such bad oils. And what you find from fasting is that sometimes it's effortless and sometimes you're just have gnawing hunger the whole time. <laughs> and the gnawing hunger, it's your fault. It's what you ate before the fast. Interesting. 
So in Fastest Way, I teach about these six big categories of food that are likely to cause cravings for you. And they don't all cause the same intensity of cravings, but these are foods that aren't as good as we think they are. Because we have anything you're going to eat has three things in it, and most nutritionists only look at two. I'm not picking on nutritionists specifically. Dietitians are even worse. I'll pick on them. <laughs> these are the guys who feed you Jello with Nutrisweet in the hospital. <laughs> but there's calories in food. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And some types of, of popular wisdom say, well, eat food with less calories. Guys, calories are energy. Energy is what you want. And to say that you are somehow going to feel really good on a low-calorie diet, it does not work. As a 300-pound guy who's lost way more than 100 pounds, I'd say I'm a 200 pound guy now, but you, you go low calorie, lose 20 pounds, gain 30, lose 30, gain 40. It does not work. It makes you miserable and it makes mm. you just, just cranky. So what's you the solution? Calories. What's the solution then? Well, the solution is you actually eat enough calories and you eat the right kinds of calories. So, well, let's assume your food has some energy in it. The second thing food has, it has nutrients. So it has vitamins and minerals and stuff like that. This is good. Now, most of the time we stop there and say, okay, you should eat more of this because it has, for some reason, some people say less calories and other people say more nutrients. But the third bucket is what matters. The third bucket is anti-nutrients or toxins. Mm. And it's not like any food is, is perfect, but some have more or less calories, some have more or less nutrients, and some have more or less anti-nutrients. And if you pretend like they don't exist, which is how most nutritional stuff is written, so eat this because it's packed with this, ignoring the fact that you could literally have a bowl of cyanide 
And if you put some vitamins in it, they'd say, well, it's low calorie, it's high in vitamins, you should eat that. Mm. And so I teach people in, in fast this way, look, here's the things to look for. If you eat that, you're probably gonna have a miserable fast with low energy cravings and be cold. But if you don't eat that, you're gonna have a much easier fast. And then you start to realize, wait a minute, maybe I'm going to choose foods that don't make me hungry as soon as I finish eating them. And if you master that, even when you're not intermittent fasting, you're gonna have lunch. And instead of wanting a snack at two, you're like, I'm actually full until dinner. I just don't want to eat. So I don't think about eating. I don't reach for the cookies. Yeah. So instead of willpower, it's just biology. It's so much easier that way. What would you say would be the top three foods if you could only have three that you would eat before a fast, whether 16 hour or 24 it, hour? It would be definitely grass fed steak. There is nothing more satiating than animal fats or butter. Um, this stuff, it, it's full of nutrients as long as it's grass-fed. If it's industrial, it'll actually give you cravings. It's not good to eat industrially raised animals. So the idea that meat is good or bad, you got to know what meat, <laughs> um, how is the animal treated, and all that, it matters. I wish that it didn't matter. I wish you could just eat gravel, but it doesn't work. So this is something that is the most satiating. Something with a lot of soluble fiber in it. You can do broccoli if you want to. You can do some some vegetables, preferably cooked. Not all vegetables are going to have the same effect on you. So I talk about things like how the nightshade family of vegetables, which have been a core part of the Bulletproof diet, like, guys, watch out for that. If you eat bell peppers, you're probably going to feel different than if you eat cabbage. Mm. In fact, you'll feel very different. And when I say that, most people go, oh, wait, I guess that might be true, but we've just never thought about different, it. Different in a not feeling as good with the nightshades? Yeah. Bell peppers are in the deadly nightshade family. They're clearly not deadly, but they cause inflammation in many people. Mm. But in others, they handle it pretty well. Right. So I'm like, watch out for that. Uh, but for me, I would say, eat, give me some vegetables, give me some steak. And then the other thing that's going to be really good is anything with fat, dark chocolate, mm. uh, guacamole, uh, things like that. A salad with a really heavy dressing with real olive oil, not the fake stuff. And with some extra MCT oil in it and some extra avocados on top. So give me the good undamaged fats, not a lot of seed oils. Give me some protein and give me some vegetables. You do that and you can cruise all day long. But if you say, oh, instead I'm going to insert some kind of fancy raw kale salad. Kale gives a lot of people cravings. In fact, mm. it's not very good for you at all. In fact, have you ever eaten a huge kale salad and then being, I'm so full, I'm so satisfied, I'm just bursting with energy, I'm not going to be hungry for four hours? No. <laughs> even, if you, even if you cover it in bacon, it still doesn't work. Kale has stuff in it that pisses your body off. It really does. And it, it's just how it is. It doesn't taste that good either. But even if you like the taste of it, it's not particularly a strong health food. There you go. And how does, from all the research that you've done, obviously you've tested this for 10 years personally, but from the research and the science... How does fasting the right way uh, play a role in anti-aging in your life and, and other people's lives? The number one thing fasting or intermittent fasting regularly will do, and remember, it doesn't have to be a super long one. 14 hours can start, 16 hours is good. We're not talking heavy duty, you know, living in a cave kind of stuff. And that will stop you from having insulin resistance. When you have insulin resistance, it means that insulin levels go up and your body can't hear them, so they go up higher. When your insulin is higher, your all-cause mortality um, goes up. In other words, your chances of dying from every disease you can think of happens. What insulin resistance means is that when there's energy in your body, your cells are weak enough that they can't make good use of the energy. And fasting fixes that problem. When sugar goes up in the body, it forms something called advanced glycation end products. It basically cooks your tissues the way onions brown in a pan. 
And we know this from 30 years of anti-aging research about the effect of excess insulin and sugar in the body. Fasting will fix that. But on top of it, there's something called autophagy, uh, which is a, a core part of the recommendations I make, which is do whatever it takes to cause your body to turn its protein digestion mechanisms back on you. Because if it's not busy eating steak and eggs or you know tofu, if that's what you're into, it'll turn around and go, oh, there's some extra debris, some junk inside the cells, outside the cells. I can clean that up. And if you go a little bit longer, it says, you know what? I've got enough extra enzyme activity here. I think I will take out the weak mitochondria, these little power plant generators. I'll take out the weak ones and replace them with young, strong ones. And you start upgrading yourself internally because the stuff that would have gone into digesting the food you eat every two hours because that's what someone told you to do in the 70s. Instead of doing that, you're eating the stuff in your body that makes you old. And when you control insulin and you control autophagy, something very interesting anti-aging-wise happens and it's that you actually have younger and more abundant stem cells in your body. So intermittent fasting has proven to increase stem cells, increases testosterone, human growth hormone, uh, and a huge swath of anti-aging mm. substances in the body. And like it's free. Yeah. It costs less than eating breakfast. And what's the, some of the new research about stem cells or the new developments that have excited you uh, that everyone should know about? Well, I've been pretty public about uh, doing a lot of stem cells. I've had my bone marrow taken out twice. and I've had You've been trying to convince me to do this for a while. I've been considering it. I still, life, I, I still need to consider more. It'll change your life. Uh, anyone with old injuries like that, I, I have just no bodily pain. And you, you get younger, and there's really intriguing new research about stem cells making brains work better, especially if you've had a traumatic brain injury, which I have had. And so you, you just get younger. And I can't tell you that it was stem cells alone that did this. I live, you know, a bulletproof life and all that. But I recently measured my brain's response time. This is an automatic response time. How quickly does the brain respond when a light or a sound comes on? So this isn't a conscious thing. And my response time is the average response time for a 20-year-old. The response time goes down with, or goes up with age. So you get slower and slower as you age. So I have a 20-year-old's um, ability to respond to the environment around me, which is pretty remarkable. And I truly think that the stem cells helped with that. Wow. There's also things like arterial flexibility, where I have the average flexible arteries of a 24-year-old when you just compare. And I'm twice as old as that, Lewis. So something is working. I think stem cells are a core part of the anti-aging thing. What's happening now, though, is we're able to pull things that are like stem cells out of the blood instead of out of the marrow. And mm, that's a really? lot less painful. And then <laughs> I'm more open to that than the whole the sucking out of my bones. Yeah, it's spinning it up. You're asleep when you're actually I was awake one time when they did. It. I was oh, asleep man. The second time. So wait, what's this new? What's this new blood drawing stem cell that uh, you're talking about? It's still getting regulatory approval, but it's called uh, very small stem like cells. But uh, I'll show you the video sometime and that I'm laying on the table and the doctor has this thing and he hammers it with a hammer. Oh, no, I can't. And it goes, eh, eh, eh. And, oh. oh, man. Every time I see that video, it's like, it's the worst thing ever. Man, yeah, you go through a lot of pain to have, uh, you know, less pain for the rest painful. of your life. It, really? It's really weird, Lewis. It's almost like hunger. Like, you can look at something as pain or just weird and when I really dug into it, like there's the strangest feeling in my skeleton, but it wasn't pain. It was just so outside the universe of anything you would ever or should ever feel that it, your body could say it's oh, pain or it could just be like, that's different. 
that's weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can say I've, I've been through much more painful things than that. Uh, but the idea that, that we could have younger and more stem cells by skipping breakfast is a little bit less money and time <laughs> than that. And that's and why pain, I think it's pain. such an important practice. And what's this, uh, what's this blood, uh, stem cell process then it's not it's not available yet but have you tested it what did you there's a, there's a, a very few doctors um who are are offering it today and i think it's in a bit of a gray zone from a regulatory perspective so have you tried um, it very small stem like cells of course i've tried it uh, how do you everything. how do you feel about it um well i think it it's hard to say to compare you know, a versus b there's a lot more studies on getting stem cells from your fat or your marrow um, there's also people getting stem cells from like placental cords and umbilical cords or placenta, from placentas and umbilical cords. Right. Um, there, um, I have mixed feelings about that because if you're getting stem cells from eight different people, I'm like, how, how tested was that? And that makes all of my friends who do stem cells that way irritated that I would question it. Maybe it's perfectly good. I know a lot of people do it and love it. I, I just, in, in my mind, I'm like, what? we test for every little virus and every little bacteria and and i i kind of like the idea of growing my own stem cells but that's not legal in the u.s anymore it was for a while and that was the most effective so crazy it's coming down we're we're like year one of of an evolution that's happening kind of like cell phones the the first cell phone yeah, some some guy in LA in his Mercedes 300D convertible the whole trunk is his cell phone yeah exactly (laughs) and it was like you know 25 dollars a minute uh but with stem cells it's come down in price a lot. The efficacy is way higher and it's getting better. It works better and better every year, but it still takes a doctor a lot of time to you know, get the needles in all the right places and understand your joints. And, but man, it, it's, you know, a couple hours of relatively minor discomfort, but then you're better for decades. It, it's a yeah. really big deal, Lewis. And I'll tell you, if you fast before you do that procedure, you have less insulin resistance. You have a working metabolism. Everything you can do in a hospital, whether it's a surgery, whether you get in a car accident, whatever, everything goes better if you just have a strong metabolism. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what do we all need right now? We want more resilience. Resilience comes from biology. The people who are best at taking fat or sugar plus air, combining them and getting abundant energy, those are the people who live the longest, have the best life. They have more opportunity for greatness because they simply have more electrons bouncing around in their heads to do stuff with. Mm. And it could power your immune system. It could power whatever you're doing in the world, but that's the core of everything I've ever done with Bulletproof with all the content. How do you make yourself better at making energy? And it turns out Mm. sometimes not eating is part of the equation. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, everyone swears by the the lifestyle slash diet that they live by that works for them people who are vegan swear by it and the ones who are super healthy have lots of energy the ones who are vegetarian i feel like vegans just swear they don't even swear by their (laughs) diet is that just me who does yeah i mean they swear by lots of things (laughs) Sorry, vegans i'm just teasing you guys (laughs) the the you know the vegetarian diet people who live a vegetarian lifestyle for a long time say that this is the best for them people who are carnivore diets say it's the best for them keto is there a worst type of diet even though some of these things might work extremely well for particular body types what what is the worst type of diet is the standard american diet and there's three things in it that are just horribly destructive. Sugar? The first one is, what? Sugar? Sugar. Sugar's there, but I don't think it's as destructive as the other two. Okay. 
So I'll, I'll give them an order from the worst to the, the best of the worst, right? So the number one thing that is wrong with the American diet is seed oils. These omega-6 mm -hmm. oils. And canola, corn, soybean, safflower, sunflower, all the stuff that's in everything at the restaurant and most packaged foods at the grocery store unless you know buy from the right company. Um, it's full of these oils. These are the oils that drive insulin resistance. Mm. Your body takes these oils, and they're all plant-based oils. And it says, hmm, I'm going to try to construct the outer layer of my mitochondria and my cells, the, these little batteries, but I have the wrong ingredients. So I'm going to make subpar batteries. Like if you go to the, the knockoff store and you buy the cheap batteries and it lasts a third as long as the good ones, that's what happens when you eat a lot of seed oils. Americans have about 40 times more of that oil in their systems than they should, and it gets built into your tissues. Eesh. And that makes you weak. It is just not good. Seed oils. Get seed oils are bad. Second thing is industrially raised meat. It's full of xenoestrogens. These are estrogens that make animals fat on one-third less calories than normal. Um, it's also full of antibiotics, and it's destroying the soil of the planet right now. Yeah. It also is depleting uh, farmland when we take and we grow corn and soy and grain, and we don't actually put the animal poop back into the soil the way right. we do on my farm <laughs> what we're doing is we're sucking all the nutrients out of the soil and we're creating a, a very very big catastrophe 60 years from now we'll be out of topsoil because we stopped having animals walk around and poop on it the way it works when you're doing a regenerative agriculture kind of thing but worst of all you eat industrial animals they're also full of cortisol and so you do this they mess up your gut bacteria and they're full of uh, glyphosate because it was on the feed and glyphosate disrupts your your gut bacteria, your nervous system activity, and is tied to cancer. So we're getting bad oils. Oh, and those animals, because they ate corn and soy, they're full of bad oils too. So now you're like, man, the steak tasted good. And I had that nice salad dressing that came out of a bottle that was full of crap oils. And you think you're being healthy, but you're completely wrecking things. And this is some of the stuff that I did when I was heavy, right? And then the third thing would be sugar, right? You just, yeah. if you have a ton of sugar, it's directly harmful. If you do the stuff I'm talking about, you can probably have a few grams of sugar and you won't notice that your body can handle it just fine. So right. sugar is not good for you and it is addictive, but it is way better to eat sugar than it is to eat corn oil. But really? don't eat either one. Don't eat either one. Yeah. Have sugar every once in a while. Yeah. But don't eat oil and. Yeah. Like if, if someone gotcha. said, here's a birthday cake, you know, it's gluten free. I don't do gluten. Um, and they said, I made it with canola oil. I'd just be like, No. Right, but if they say I made it with sugar and butter, I'd be like, "All right, I'm gonna have some." And right. it's that big, the sugar, okay, your body can process that, and it's gone. The other stuff, it sticks and it gets in there, and you don't want to do it. So the worst diet of all is that one with lots of fried stuff and bad oils. But the second worst diet for people who think they're being healthy, Lewis, this isn't gonna be popular, but it is the vegan diet. Why is that? There's two things. Okay, I was a devout raw vegan. Okay, I did this for more than a year. I mean, I have bowls as big as my head full of kale and blended and mashed and sprouted. And I mean, I, I'm good with rice and dates. beans and everything. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. So what happens there is your body doesn't get the essential fats that it needs. We are not made out of plant oils. And I have, I have in my books, I talk about the studies that show when you change the type of oil you eat, it changes what your body is made of. So when you go on a plant-based diet, you're getting two things. You're getting plant-based oils, which are not very compatible with you. Vegans will get mad at me and say, 
Dave, we can convert plant omega-3s to the good ones. Yes, it takes 45 grams of bad omega-3s to make one gram of the good ones if your body can do that, which it won't be able to do because you're on a plant-based diet. <laughs> and then you get tons of these anti-nutrients from plants that cause cravings. When I was a raw vegan, I was always hungry. <laughs> and I think that that's a, a very common occurrence. And I would say, well, that's weird. I'm going to put more coconut oil or, or eat more you know, fresh uh, young Thai coconuts, all these yeah. things avocados it didn't matter it's because plants don't want you to eat them and they cover themselves in defense systems that cause cravings so i talk about the five big categories of things that are causing problems with us right now and many plants that are common on a plant-based diet are not very compatible with humans like oh they have these vitamins like yeah they also stick to the stuff that lines the cartilage in your joints and gives you joint pain or they inhibit your ability to absorb zinc and magnesium and iron and things like that and so what happens is you tell yourself you're doing this to be nice to the animals, but what you're doing is you're making sure that the animals will go extinct because if everyone was vegan, we'd have no animals. And then two generations later, we'd all be extinct because we'd have no animals to make soil because you can't grow carrots without animal poop at the end of the day. You can do it for 20 years. You can do it for 30 years, but eventually you have to build that soil back up. So what's happening on a plant-based side is the wrong fats and lots of anti-nutrients. And that combination is kryptonite for people. And I've had tens of thousands of former vegans go bulletproof. And part of the reason I made the bulletproof diet was because I did harm to myself, including additional food allergies and worse hypothyroidism as a result of being vegan. Um, and in terms of animal cruelty, I calculated deaths per calorie from <laughs> eating a pound of grass-fed steak every day, which is a lot. You don't need to do that unless you're on the carnivore side of things, which there's an argument for that. Um, but if you do that and the cow is grass fed and local, unless the cow stepped on a frog, you kill less than one animal per year in all of your food. But if you eat boxes of processed soy nuggets, you disrupted the lives of whatever was going to live on that land and whatever the tractors killed. And so the number of deaths per calories is way higher for any grain product and any, anything other than basically fresh picked vegetables because of habitat destruction and tractor kills. And like, I asked a monk this in Tibet. I, I'm not dogmatic, but I want to do what works. So I like to minimize suffering, uh, buy from a local farmer, eat less meat, but make mm -hmm. it grass-fed, and eat very good fats. And if you do that, you'll never have a craving during a fast. And if you don't believe anything I say, you can still be plant-based or vegan, and you can still be standard American diet. Dave, I like my industrial animals. You know, Go screw yourself. Just do intermittent fasting, and you'll still improve. It works for any diet out there. And I'm happy to share the knowledge, and I've For sure. moved a lot of uh, a lot of information. There's 3,000 blog posts and stuff like that. But what I want people to do is figure out the foods that are compatible with your biology. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies 
like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And if you're one of the small percentage of people who's like, you know what? A vegetarian works for me. I know people, it really does. They eat some eggs, they eat some cheese, mm-hmm. they eat a substantial amount of butter. And magically, that really works for them. And that's okay. Right? But if it doesn't work for you, don't tell yourself it's supposed to work so you'll do it right. even more. That's the mistake that I made. Are you friends with uh, some vegans that you've had these conversations with or like Rich Roll or... You know, anyone like that you know, who... I haven't had Rich on the show, but I would totally do that. And I, I've certainly had conversations with, with vegans a lot. And there's there's kind of two mindsets there. Uh, one of them says you're doing it for your health, right? The evidence does not support that. And here's what's really going on. And it's intimately tied to fasting. There's a compound in the body called mTOR. And you've probably talked about it on the show before. mTOR is a signaling molecule that says grow says, you know, build muscle, you know, build tissue. And when you eat protein, a lot of protein, plant, plant-based plant will raise it, but animal-based raises it much more. So when mTOR goes up, you put on muscle. But chronic elevation of mTOR equals cancer, mm. right? So that's a bit of a problem. So one solution is say, well, I'm going to go plant-based and low protein. The problem with that is that mTOR gets suppressed, but it never goes up. So you get frailty. Like these are the people who break their hips. These are the people who have the the vegan sized pants for men. They're like little stick legs. Right? You don't you don't want to be there. Right? So what's the solution? Well, don't eat for a while, then work out, and then eat. And what's neat is that mTOR is like a spring. You can push it down, and when it's down, it's good. Except if it never goes up, it's not good. So when you push it down, there's three things that we know of that suppress mTOR. And this is how you build muscle and how you account for the difference in outcomes from vegans versus carnivores, let's say. So to suppress mTOR, fasting does it, exercise does it, and coffee does it. So what you do is eat dinner and stop eating around six. Don't eat after dinner. So you got four hours of fasting before bedtime. You sleep for eight hours. You just fasted for 12 hours. Wait another four hours. You, there, you fast. You fasted sixteen hours. You had a late breakfast, but before you eat, do some squats. Go lift. I mean, it can be a very quick workout. Just something heavy, and then you eat. 
And because all three of those things push the mTOR down, as soon as you eat some protein, the body says, wahoo, and it spikes the mTOR much higher. And then the exercise has a bigger impact on your tissue. So you got more exercise benefits in less time. Your mTOR was briefly elevated because you only ate once that day or twice that day, and then it goes back down and it stays down. People feel good on a vegan diet because they suppress mTOR, which is driving chronic inflammation. Problem is you do that forever, you never get the muscles and the growth, and then you get the anti-nutrients and you get the bad fats. So it's okay to be vegan for a week. It's probably good for you. But then at the end of that week, maybe you should go carnivore. So cycles are good. Mm. And I will tell you, being all keto all the time is terrible for you. Being all vegan all the time is terrible for you, and I've done both. That's why intermittent fasting is so awesome because you can eat both vegetables. You can even have white rice. You can have carbs. You don't have to be in keto and, and ketosis and all that to do fasting. It's cycling in and out. So be vegan for a day, but just don't be vegan for a year and you'll be fine. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd love to hear you and a vegan talk about the research and the science on both sides and see you know, I, I what, love, what comes from that. I love having a, a genuine conversation um, where it's born out of health. When it, mm-hmm. it when it's a lot of the health stuff like what the health it was it was created by people who went to jail for blowing up research laboratories because they were mm-hmm. testing chicken eggs like like there were some very strong animal rights people there masquerading as health people but the whole thing about you know erections and vegetables and all that stuff every doctor I know rolled their eyes and was like this is the worst propaganda I've ever seen like like there's no validity to from, this whatsoever from game changers or from uh, I don't know if you watched that one. Yeah, I definitely watched that with one. Guys, with a, guys having meat, and then they had no re- erections the next morning or something, and then the yeah. ones with vegetables had all the erections in the world or something. The, the first animal rights propaganda one was uh, what the health, and when people are like, oh, we don't really care that much about it, it's like, oh, we'll make it a performance enhancer. But man, if you want to see an athlete get injured, make them, make them vegan and keep them vegan for a while. And they well, tend to have a well, lot of muscle. Well, there's, athlete, there's some athletes who are vegan that seems like they're – they say they're healthier. They recover faster. You know, there are what some were they cases eating before that, they were eating yeah, Wheaties sure. and the standard American diet. Right. Right. And, uh, what you'll find is, uh, um, who's that famous sprinter who went vegan a while ago? Um, Usain Bolt. He's vegan he was now? faster the first year he went vegan cause he stopped eating a bunch of crap. And after All that right. he was sidelined by injuries every year and never set another record. That and could like, be cause he was getting older. There could be other factors there, of course but there could be. Yeah. Yeah. I but. think it's because you didn't have enough coffee. That's that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always trying to learn, you know, from every without making one side right or wrong and trying to find the research for every study to see, okay, well, is what are the cases for eating meat, quality meat? What are the cases for being vegan? What are the cases for vegetarian? Because I'm always trying to learn, like, hey, maybe what I'm doing is not optimal. So You know, Lewis, you know. your your curiosity is what makes you uh a fantastic guy. Like you're always just authentically questioning. And there's new studies out that show that curiosity makes you young. Uh, Stephen Collar talks about curiosity as being a component of flow state. Mm. I'm the same way. Like I, I, like I said, I was a raw vegan. I was a devout raw vegan. Like, oh, I have to have my enzymes never heated above 112 right. <laughs> degrees. And you know, I, I was hardcore, right? So I, I'm willing to be wrong and I've been wrong sure. and I've been really sick and it's gotten to the point now where I talk about the science in all of the the books that I write and I'm more convinced than I've ever been that no matter what we agree or don't agree on about what to eat, there's two things. One is if you don't eat for a while every day, you're going to be better off. The second thing is that eat whatever doesn't make you hungry after you finish eating and you'll be better off. So if you are the rare vegan who's like, oh, I had a bowl of beans and squishy whatever's, 
uh, and you know, I am vibing with energy and I'm not hungry for four hours afterwards. I haven't met one yet, but there might be one out there, but most of them are like snacking on kale chips constantly because they're ravenous all the time. <laughs> so, but hey, I, I, I'm very happy to be proven wrong. <laughs> I hear you there. Uh, and I'm, you know, it's always learning, always exploring. What, I was, what are you eating I, now? Uh, this <laughs> this week I'm eating <laughs> for like Cheesecake. The, the last month I was like doing mostly keto and experimenting yeah. with that. Uh, and it worked for a while until it didn't. Yes. And then now I was like, you know what? Let me try vegetarian plant-based for this week. And so I'm eating vegetarian plant-based. Vegetarian is tr- different than vegan, though, just to be yeah, real Yeah, okay. it's true. Yeah. Well, I'm having a little that, bit that of cheese, but yeah. So, uh, and a little eggs, but I'm trying to be more uh, vegan, but I'm having some cheese and eggs, so I guess it's vegetarian. But yeah. So I'm trying that. I'm just trying to explore to see what are the foods make me feel good when I poop, to be honest. Like, what makes it feel good oh. when it comes out? Because if it, if it doesn't feel good when it comes out, then I probably shouldn't be eating those foods. Maybe those are peppers. Maybe those are whatever, nightshades or something, or a certain type of meat. Uh, and figuring out, you know, how do I just flow easily, effortlessly, every time, and and optimize the gut is really what I'm looking for, which I feel like okay. things are pretty good right now, but I'm always looking to improve and test. There, it's a common thing with, especially with keto, where constipation happens, right? And the gut bacteria can get really out of whack on a keto diet. And this is why I, I, I first went keto in the, the late 90s. It was called the Atkins diet, right? And I lost 50 pounds on it. The other 50 took 10 years to come off because it's inflammation that's caused by eating the wrong stuff when you're in keto, right? And then we have the modern renaissance of keto where there still isn't a great focus on here's the right type of protein. You get people putting milk protein isolate, which is almost a waste product in the US yeah. into, into their food saying, there, it's keto because it's a protein. And you're like, no, you're doing it wrong. Like you, you can do better. Um, but here's there's three hacks you can do during a fast that allow your body to stay fasted and don't make you get hangry and all. And Mm. one of those hacks is the one you're looking for. So I'm going to walk your listeners through three things you're allowed to have during a fast. And by the way, some people get very angry when I say you can have something during a fast. Those are people who say, but the mice in the study only had water. Like that's (laughs) because that was all you gave them. But we wanted people to be high performance and comfortable. And I, I despise the idea of, when I weighed 300 pounds of someone sitting down and saying, Dave, I want you to only have water this morning and then you're going to go to work and you're going to show up and you're going to perform. And that's without two kids and, and, and be you know, focused. Okay. And yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't do it. And, it. and if I did, it would have taken every ounce of willpower and I would have been miserable and I would have been hangry. This is not how to teach people to fast. And I think it's mean spirited. Mm. So it, it's okay to do things that reduce your hunger and increase your focus during a fast as long as your body's still getting the benefits. So here's the three. And the third one's gonna be right for you. First one, there is abundant evidence that black coffee during a fast makes the fast work better. The new science behind that that didn't exist when I first talked about Bulletproof Coffee is that the amount of caffeine in two small cups of coffee doubles ketone production, even if you eat carbs at night. Wow. So a little bit of a bump, go ahead. Black coffee, no butter, no MCT. That's step one, right? That's Got just it. black coffee. Black coffee. Okay. And that in and of itself doubles ketones. Got it. So that's okay during a fast based on the science you've Not done. at night, but in the morning, yeah. In the morning, yeah, of course. Right. Okay. So the second thing, 
Well, let's, let's talk about why that works because it also explains why the second thing works. The reason doesn't it, have some ca- that- doesn't it have some calories though? So it wasn't that affect the body in some way with those calories? Coffee has nominal calories. I, I mean, it. It, it's it's not very much, and it's not that calories are going to disrupt a fast. It's raising insulin or raising mTOR are what break the fast. Mm, so any type of carbs, any type of sugar, anything that it raises that, yeah. Carbs, sugar, or protein are going to break your fast, but there's some wiggle room in there. Mm. And when you have ketones higher, it suppresses ghrelin, which is the, the hunger and the cravings hormone, and it raises CCK, which is the fullness hormone that was brought to you by Calvin Klein. And it's cholecystokinin for the, the people who are interested <laughs> in the hard science of it. What... What you find, Lewis, though, is that when you manipulate those things, the voice in your head telling you to think about food all the time starts to go away. And coffee is shown in many, many studies to be generally good for you. And there's still some people argue about that. Sorry, I just go to PubMed and Google coffee in the name of a disease and see what you find and then make your own decision on that. Sure. The, it's the probably the amount, one, of, the amount of coffee. If you're having 10 cups of coffee, then it's probably not the best thing for you. The studies show that up to five cups a day increases longevity and that really you get it slightly better up to five cups like in other words four is probably better than three four cups a day is 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 it can uh, be caffeinated or decaffeinated but okay. the studies all show up to five cups a day makes you live wow longer. that's interesting and so i actually do a cup of decaf in the afternoon because i really couldn't do five cups in the morning that'd be a little bit too much for me it might be too jittery if you don't have the food and you're just having caffeine so you gotta yeah you gotta test this for your body i think for sure you can have yeah. one i'm not telling you to drink more coffee i'm just saying have a cup of coffee in the morning and you'll yeah. fast it's going to be easier and if you're feeling like you want something at 10 have a cup of black coffee versus water and you'll have less distractions more focus you'll feel better mm. and you'll probably lose weight faster too mm. so this is like really easy but someone's like well it's not water you can't do it do you know what a hair shirt is? Ever heard a hair, sh- hair shirt? Yeah. No. These monks many years ago used to weave shirts out of human hair and they'd wear them because they were extra itchy and they wanted to increase their suffering because suffering is a virtue. Okay. Those monks were reincarnated as people who only drink water when they're fasting in the <laughs> middle of the work day. Okay. If you want to do a water fast for medical reasons on the weekend and rest and relax and reflect, that's called a spiritual fast. And there's mm-hmm. benefits to that. Right. But to try and do that when you're like a mom and you have kids and work, it's not okay unless your body is really in tune for that. Unless you've and, slept 10 hours and you're recovered yeah. and you're ready for it. Yeah. Right. So there's our black coffee. The second hack is one. Yeah, I'm well known for it. I'm not trying to sell more bulletproof coffee. And I will tell you. If you use that MCT oil I've been talking about for 10 years, and I made MCT a thing, uh, it really wasn't, uh, wasn't in the world of biohacking. Um, if you do that and a little bit of grass-fed butter, it doesn't have to be two tablespoons, it can be just a small amount, it will give you a lot more ketones from the MCT. And something magic happens when you put butter in coffee. We did not know why this was the case, but when you blend butter in coffee, uh, new research out of the University of Washington, I uh, donated uh, an you know, unallocated grant to UW and said, could you please look at like water and fat and stuff? And Gerald Pollock, who's written several books about this, who's uh, just turned 80, is a, a biochemist. And he said, look, when you put water next to droplets of butter fat, it forms a very thick exclusion zone. This is the way the, the body normally you drink water. You put the water near your cell membranes you heat the water and it changes the water into the viscosity level of water that you need to make energy. But when you do it in a blender and then you drink it, just by having a little bit of fat in the water, 
your body can immediately put that water to work inside mitochondria without having to process it first. And that means you can more effectively burn fat or sugar. And this is why 15 minutes, like, oh, wow, I got ketones and I got this water I can use. And then poof, your brain wakes up. That's why you drink it in the morning and you feel the difference that you talked about earlier. Um, so, okay, so that's a good, has, a good hack for fasting. But people say, well, wait, why? It, there's calories in there. Yes, but it doesn't raise insulin at all and it doesn't raise mTOR at all. So you're still getting the benefits of the fast. And the third thing, this is going to be the magic one for you. <sighs> No one's ever talked about this in the context of fasting that I'm aware of before. And it's prebiotic fiber. The recommended amount you should get is about 20 or 30 grams a day. Most people don't get it. Or if they do get it, they're eating tons of whole grains with all the anti-nutrients and irritants in them. So it's not good for you. So if you put a couple scoops of prebiotic fiber in water, coffee, or tea, it is carbs, except your body can't digest it. And it goes right into your gut bacteria. It feeds the good guys. You'll grow more species and more abundance in your gut bacteria. And they eat it. And in studies, they convert prebiotic fiber into short-chain fatty acids called butyric acid that is pro-ketogenic. And there's dozens of studies that show soluble fiber suppresses hunger. And there's many more that show it makes you live longer. In fact, it's a core part of my anti-aging recommendation. Wow. So there you go. If so you is, this a, just, is this a powder? Is this a, a supplement? Flavorless powder. Flavorless and powder. yes. What's it called? Prebiotic, prebiotic what? Fiber? Prebiotic fiber is what it's called. Got it. Got and it. the one I make for Bulletproof is called Inner Fuel. I'm not here to sell Inner Fuel. I'll tell you what's in it. <laughs> if you want to do that. Bulletproof Inner Fuel, though, it's all packaged up. I did all the research. There's three different kinds of fiber in there. They're all sap from trees. And these are specific things that feed the good guys. And they have zero flavor. So you can put it in whatever and it's very neutral and it doesn't get all clumpy like a Metamucil or like, mm. like gunky. You can't really tell it's in there. So I usually get about 40 to 60 grams of soluble fiber a day, which is way more than most people. And it's going to make sure that everything goes out pretty much no matter what you eat uh, the way you want it to. But most importantly, it suppresses hunger and it gives you good gut bacteria. Mm. So Lewis, I quadrupled the number of species of bacteria in my gut with the formula. And it's really? made out of acacia gum, larch arabenogalactin, and hydrolyzed guar gum. Uh, try and spell all of those. That's why I just you can Google the ingredients on Bulletproof Interfuel if you don't want to buy the stuff. But you can just Google for prebiotic fiber. And there's different companies who make different sure. types of, of things. Try this, Lewis. You can put it in really? there. You're still fasting as long as it doesn't have sugar and stuff in there, which some of them do. And that combination, there is no one on earth who can drink a Bulletproof coffee with 20 or 30 grams of soluble fiber and then look at a donut and want to eat the donut. Like so your body's it, like, it's full, but can you do the, the fasting mechanism still yeah. works. Can you do the Bulletproof and the powder in it, the, oh, the fiber, yeah. and it's all yeah. in one and it tastes fine? It tastes just like a latte. Wow. And, and that's to... the trick. Some of, some of the prebiotic fibers are very flavorful and not that good. These are very neutral. Mm. So... I, I think you should try that. And now people are saying, Dave, that can't be a fast because there was something in there. Well, look at your insulin levels, look yeah. at your mTOR levels, look at the mechanistics of fasting. And what you realize is, wow, this taught me to be able to go without breakfast. This gave me enough power. And then maybe a month from now, you go, you know what? I'll try it without the fiber or I'll try it without the butter or without the MCT. That's fine. But this is going to teach your body to be flexible. And you can do it forever. And maybe some days when you're feeling really strong, I'll just do black coffee. And other yeah. days, you know what? I, I'm a little hungry. Things are off. I'm just going to put everything in there, but I'm still going to get my fast. Yeah. Man, I want that kind of freedom for people. 
That's powerful, man. Are you saying that the best way to do it is if you're going to do anything is only black coffee and then the MCT and, and ghee and the fiber if you need a little extra boost? It depends on your biology. There are some people who for decades, well, not decades, for a decade, have done bulletproof coffee most mornings. In fact, I think most people feel the most energy when they do that. But there will be times like today, I didn't do a bulletproof coffee in the morning. I just did black coffee because I didn't have time to throw butter and MCT in the blender. I had a podcast. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to drink my black coffee. But my metabolism is so strong, it doesn't matter. But you're not going to get to having a strong metabolism if you start out saying, I'm going to do a water-only fast or really likely a black coffee fast. If, If you're substantially overweight, you haven't tried this before, or you've tried stuff and it hasn't worked... It's okay to use all three hacks to mm-hmm. get out the door. It's like going to the track and walking around the track one time, right? And eventually, like, I can do it 10 times. It doesn't matter. Right. right. And this is the gap why people have a hard time getting started fasting because it just sucks. But you can turn off all the suck with these three hacks. And then you dial them back. And some of them, like the soluble fiber, there's an argument for having that every day. But see what happens. Don't have it for a week. Have it for a week and just play around. Have it later in the day. You don't have to do it the same every way. Yeah. I'm curious, a uh, couple final questions for you. Um, if you could, you're, you're the king of biohacking, right? You've tried everything. Uh, you, you know, you do it all. I'm curious if you could only do personally or recommend five biohacks, and that's it, okay. to optimize your energy levels, to live longer, to, to uh, you know, increase your... Uh, immune system to be a happier, healthier human being. And you can only do five things, whether it's wear the glasses, whether it's get a certain amount of sleep, whether it's eat this specific way. If you can only share five things that people could be doing to improve the quality of their life from the million things that you've tried, what would you say are those five things? I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off this show is sponsored by better help i've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse and up until about 10 or 11 years ago i was afraid to talk about my trauma that i experienced and i know we all carry around different stressors big and small and when we keep them bottled up it can start to affect us negatively but therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down and if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. All right, number one is free, uh, and it's not fasting. And I'm going to start there. It's actually forgiveness. 
If you can learn the skill, and it is a skill you practice, it's a muscle, to forgive the grudges that you carry, it will make you live longer. Set you free. You <laughs> yes. Like, that's the thing. Um, I do find it's hard to have enough energy to let go of grudges and to do forgiveness if you're tired and hungry all the time. That's hard. So yeah. turning up your energy makes forgiveness easier. And it's a core part of my practice. And if you're listening to this, you're going, oh, whatever. No, seriously. If you're still mad at that, whatever, you've got to find the practice that's going to let you not have a charge over it. Because that charge sucks energy that should go to something good. So much energy. And, I, and to add to that, I think people... Not only learning to forgive other people, learning to forgive yourself for something Amen, you did brother. or you didn't do because I beat myself up for years with shame and guilt and resentment for myself. Yes, yeah. other people, but for the things that I said, did, didn't do, regretted. And holding on to that for yourself, that self-inflicted pain is just as horrible in my opinion because it takes it the is. energy and the life from you. So I'm so glad you said forgiveness is number one. Um, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here before we hit the other four. Fast this way is, it tells the story of me fasting in a cave for four days. A shaman dropped me off in the <laughs> desert. And here's one of the big reasons. I was terrified of not eating. I was terrified of being hungry because I knew that if I was hungry, that I would become hangry and I would be a total jerk. And I was ashamed of that. And I didn't like it when I didn't have enough energy to manage my emotions and to act like the adult that I wanted to act like. So I was like, if I'm in a cave and I'm by myself and I'm also kind of afraid of being lonely, I know I'm eat when I'm lonely. Um, all, there's no people, there's no food anywhere for 10 miles around. I, I kind of went on that spiritual journey and that is in the book along with spiritual fasting, but learning to, to sense that I don't want to act like a jerk, but I do. And then forgive yourself for making mistakes like that. That was a part of what I learned in the cave and it's part of what's in the book. So it, it's important. Um, and I love how honest you are about that too, man. If, yeah. if you're holding a grudge against yourself, so when, when I do forgiveness, it's you forgive the other person, you forgive the thing that they did, um, and then you forgive yourself. And, and when yeah. you do all three of those in a forgiveness exercise, you get a lot more energy. And that is a biohack mm. that supersedes all the others. That's huge. So forgiveness, okay. number one. Number two, you've got to sleep well, not long, but well. And yeah, I am going to talk about the red glasses. It's a patent that I filed called True Dark. This is one of my companies, so I have a bias and all that. Uh, and we're about to release a whole bunch more research about what it does for the brain. But you can make yourself sleep better. Mm. If before you go to bed, you dim the lights, you black out your bedroom, and you block four different frequencies of light that go into your eyes. The difference is profound. Last night, I got two hours of deep sleep and change and two hours of REM sleep in seven hours of sleep. I couldn't do that until I started wearing the glasses wow. and my lights. You have to do that. I got to start doing that. I, I think I have a pair, so I have to start just applying oh. it and, and, and doing it more. Just try it for a week. Just put them on for, for sure. an hour before bed. There's a new one called the Sunset that has a little bit of a less dark one. I think I sent you the ones for jet lag. There's some gotcha. that are a little bit lighter, but still block out the right angle and everything. Man, it's I'll it's have to real get the Lewis. new one. I'll have to get the new ones. Yeah, whatever you're I'll wearing, I'll get the yeah, okay. okay. True dark it is, and um, yeah, I'm not trying to sell this. I just make companies who build things that I can't buy, and, and that's all. I, that's all I do. So, um, so we got forgiveness. We got sleep. Sleep. Yep. Third one, movement. And the studies are very clear. And I'm through a lot of studies on this. You need to walk for 20 minutes a day. Just some kind of movement. It doesn't have to be crazy. And then once or twice a week, you need to do something for 10 minutes that makes you want to cry or throw up. So squats, push-ups, you know, heavy sprints, anything like that, high intensity, you can do more if you want to, but you've got to at least move 
and then once or twice a week push. Okay, so that's uh, three. We've got three. And then um, the other one that I would highly recommend is tell your body that sometimes it has to be able to go to full power generation very quickly. And the easiest way to do that is actually a cold shower or other form of cryotherapy. Mm-hmm. And this is at the end of your shower, full cold forehead and chest. And doesn't have to be on the whole, doesn't have to be on the whole body, but just forehead, chest. It, it's right better here. that it runs down the body, but the most important yeah. sensors are in your forehead and chest. Got it. And you're going to hate it for the first three days. After three days, the mitochondria change the levels of cardiolipin, and all of a sudden, it's not cold. It just feels exhilarating. But the first mm. three days, you'll hate me, and it's okay to swear in the shower. Dave Asprey's a jerk. <laughs> and then, so that that's um, four. four of them. Mm-hmm. The other biohack, if I could only have five, would be neurofeedback. And at this point, Lewis, I've had more than a thousand entrepreneurs come through my neurofeedback program. I would say meditation. So if neurofeedback isn't accessible to you, you can meditate. But if you meditate with a lie detector telling you, no, that, that didn't work, that worked, that worked, forgiveness becomes easier. Relaxation becomes easier. Knowing when you're in fight or flight becomes easier. And so if you wanted to have more meditation and less time or make more progress in this life than you otherwise would, having something that tells you you're doing a good job that's not you is really helpful because you're always going to tell yourself you did a good job because we all like to hear that even if it's not true. So I I want an external source to tell me that I'm meditating right. And Mm. for me, it's neurofeedback. And my company that does that is called 40 Years of Zen. Uh, And that's absolutely changed my life because I learned how to actually do forgiveness at a very deep level. Whereas before I'd say, oh, I forgive that person, but you didn't really. But to to go deep, you know what I'm talking about because you've you've done the work too. Yes, yes. Not the fake forgiveness, not the surface level, but the deep forgiveness, which is really challenging if you don't know how to practice it and if you haven't done it, uh, you know, you never never really fully do it until you feel that in a deeper way and it takes practice. You know, forgiveness takes a lot of time and practice. I realized I, I said something there that could be misinterpreted. When I said you've done the work, that was the work with a capital W, like the work of being a better human being. I wasn't trying to imply you've done the stuff that I'm talking about. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah I'm, okay. al- I'm always doing the work. You know, I've got yeah. a long way to improve and lots to overcome still. Well, uh, I, I have a lot of respect for you, Lewis, because you've, I mean, you've evolved so much. It's, uh, it's I appreciate beautiful to it. I appreciate it. And got a long way to go. Uh, we're here to improve our lives and, and help other people as well. Just like you're doing it bulletproof and everything you're doing, which I want people to get this book. Make sure you guys check it out. Powerful book about fasting, about burning fat, healing inflammation and eating like the high performing human you were meant to be fastest way. You can check it out right now. You can get it on audible. You can get it on Amazon uh, and you can go to your website, daveasprey.com to check it out. You can go to bulletproof.com or- to check out other stuff or, Go to fastthisway.com. I've never taught a book, Lewis. There's a two-week fasting training where Ooh. I teach you. You go through a full challenge, and it's free. I'm not trying to sell it. I just want people to learn this because it's it's free. You just have to learn it, and then you yeah. can do it forever. You'll live longer. You'll be nicer. So fastthisway.com. Sign up. My gift. Check that out. You're on social media, Bulletproof Exec on Twitter, Dave.Asprey on Instagram, Bulletproof Executive on Facebook. Uh, where do you hang out the most these days online? I'm probably more on Instagram. I haven't okay. become a TikTok guy. Have you done TikTok yet? I am doing TikTok. I'm getting heavily involved in it, actually. I mean, my team is actually doing more of it for, for me because we have so much content, so we're putting it on there. But Are you, like, doing the dances where you point at stuff? I'm not, but I, <laughs> I've i done a few things, and and I, I might actually be doing more this year to test it and see, but I like things that 
are more evergreen and can live for a long time. Yeah. And TikTok might be deleted tomorrow, might be gone in a year. And so it's trying to figure out how to utilize technology to drive people to something more long form, which is, you know, yeah. our podcast or YouTube or whatever. So it's it's maximizing time and energy for different platforms, which you know all about this too. There's so many different platforms out there now. Um, but this is amazing. And I want people to know uh, that we've had, Dave on a, a couple times. So if you want to hear Dave's three truths and his definition of greatness, we'll link that up in the show notes on the previous interviews so you can learn more about that uh, and, and see all of his other great content we've had w- with him on here. And how else can we support you in this time? Uh, you know, the best thing you can do to support me is learn how to skip breakfast. Uh, intermittent fasting it. is meant to be a part of most people's lives at least some of the time and when you do it it is going to meaningfully <clears throat> shift the quality of your life and it's going to lower healthcare costs it's going to make all of us more resilient humans yeah that's why it's worth it and Lewis, it. thanks for it's the work free. you do, man yeah, of yeah. course of course man yeah and it's free i had a uh, dr jason fung on who talks about fasting as well and how yeah, he's great he's helping people you know kind of reverse type 2 diabetes and prevent it and he's just like just don't eat you know, breakfast or just, just don't eat for a day and yeah. do that every now and then. And it's free. So I think it's, uh, the research is proving it all. Uh, you've got some great stuff in here. So thank you for this. I appreciate it and acknowledge you for constantly being the human guinea pig and testing the craziest things and figuring out what the practical ways that we can apply these things in our life. Uh, so I appreciate and acknowledge you today for constantly showing up in this way and, and creating great work and great products and programs for people to improve. So Thanks for all you do, man. Uh, you got it. We will both help a lot of people figure out how to do things that work better than what they're doing now. And uh, I recognize you. And um, come on my show again when you do the next big thing. I'm always happy to share your message uh, with my audience. And thank you for having me on to share uh, this new knowledge with yours. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, do me a favor right now. Click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts right now to get notified of the greatest minds that bring their wealth of information to the show every single week so you can stay notified up to date on this incredible podcast. Click subscribe there or Spotify or anywhere that you listen and make sure to spread this message to someone that you care about, a friend, a family member, a colleague. Just text them the link, lewishiles.com slash 1084 or copy and paste the link wherever you're listening to your podcast right now. And if at any moment you thought that you got value out of this, then please leave us a rating and review and let us know the part that you enjoyed the most. We'd love reading those reviews and seeing what part of these episodes that helped you and inspired you the most. And also, if you want inspirational messages sent to your phone from me every single week, I text my texting community. It's free. Just text the word podcast to 614-350-3960. Again, text me the word podcast right now, 614 614- 4-3503960. And I want to leave you with this quote from cartoonist Charles Schultz, who said, There is no heavier burden than an unfulfilled potential. And I know you've got so much potential inside of you. There's so much more you can create, do, and become. But you've got to be willing to take the steps necessary. And the first step is having the right information and tools that you can apply in your daily life. So make sure you're using these tools. You're actually applying them in your life towards your goals, towards your potential, because you've got so much inside of you. I know you do. And if no one's told you lately, you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.